We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Datable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. I've got a couple um, in the studio. You know, it's funny with couples, it's always the dynamic when you see them in person versus when you see them individually. I know Lee, and I've never met her husband, Chris, but I know all about him through (laughs) previous stories and discussions and girl talk that we've had. Just a little backstory about both of them. So, Lee's been in San Francisco for six years. She's in her 30s. And Chris is also in his 30s. And he's been in San Francisco for like a year and a half. So not that long. Kind of a newbie. 
this the best part is this is how I met Lee. She and I met on uh, China's number one dating show. Okay, it's called If You're the One. <laughs> Don't roll your eyes, Julie. Don't roll your eyes. This was like four years ago, three years ago, something like that. It was filmed in Beijing, right outside of Beijing. And I shit you not, this is the most watched reality show in China. And they had this special edition. Do you know about this, Chris? I know. About oh, okay. Partially. So partially. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, she didn't tell you how famous we got. No. <laughs> probably <laughs> the most watched. In probably world. the most watched. The, yeah, because of the population. Six gazillion people watched these episodes. So there were four special edition episodes for Chinese living abroad. And this was the Chinese living in the U.S., Edition. So we met on the show, and when I moved to San Francisco, Lee and I kind of hung out. We went rock climbing, and she's like, "I have to tell you about this guy I met recently." So let's start there. Tell me about the guy you met. Yes.、Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's quite a story because every time when I talk about it, people are like, "Whoa, this is so amazing!" So I actually met my、um, husband, Chris. Through who's, Air, who's yeah, sitting who's right sitting next right to you? From Airbnb. <laughs> okay, so、um, I two years ago when I I actually started hosting Airbnb、um, in Soma when I moved over to Soma, and I the reason why I started was because I realized the the living cost was just so high, and I decided to you know I live on a on a in a loft, and I decided to rent out my downstairs. Why not? Yeah, why not? And then so it turns out it was working really great, and、uh, I was able to cover most of my expense in the house, which is awesome. Perfect. I was just happy, you know, hosting a lot of people coming to Muscani Center, having conferences, and you know,、yeah. a lot of professionals. And I do make sure that I, you know, check their their LinkedIn, their Facebook, their everything online、yeah. before they they move in for a short term. You know, you I, can I make a killing during Dreamforce. Yeah, <laughs> killing. Exactly, and I, I didn't get to cover September though. Oh, sorry. <laughs>、um, but yeah, so、um, Chris was one of the guys. I I wasn't quite sure. Then I went onto his Facebook and stalked <laughs> all his pictures, and he looks like a legit guy. To be fair, a serial killer is not going to post pictures of him in mid killing <laughs> Facebook profile. Okay, just so you know. He's gonna look pretty normal too, right? I, I think I a, key part, a key、brave. part of it was like that. I mentioned that I am、uh, visiting to go to the、uh, Apple Developer Conference. Yeah, I think、right. that was kind of what made it seem like a little bit more legit. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's just one of those nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like, just a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Now, from what I recall, when we spoke, you、yeah. said this guy just looked pretty harmless. Yeah, he looks really harmless. <laughs> he looked really, really harmless. Yeah, he just puts a big smile on every picture. So I was like, I could not say no. Eventually, after seeing all the pictures, like, were you attracted to him based on photos? No, his Facebook photos, <laughs> not、Why? at all. I I don't know. He almost seemed like he was too nice. <laughs> Were you attracted to her based、yeah. on photos? Is that、oh, why you wanted I, to? Do I, I, of course, I also looked at her Facebook pictures and saw like, oh, nice. So I was, 
I th- thought she has a. So, so she smiles on nearly every picture she has on there, and uh, I think she has like. I thought she has a pretty genuine smile and looked like a so happy person. And I said, "Oh yeah, she looks nice. That's 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 a good host." So. So neither <laughs> one of you expected this to be some sort of hookup. No, no, not at all. Okay. So we're like, I, I just need somewhere to stay. No, for, yeah. for, for, for me, it's, yeah. for me it's actually like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two different motivators here. Money and home. Yeah. Okay. So, continue. Oh, yeah. So, um, I, I just sent him, the, like, my address, and he, at the day, I was totally just, you know, at home with my pajamas. I was, I was relaxed. I wasn't prepared when he showed up. I knew he was going to be there just like one of my other guests. Um, so I, I was relaxed, and um, he rang the bell, and he was like, hey, I'm here. I- <laughs> and also, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh-huh. there were some, um, when we spoke, you gave me a little bit insight into where you were in life. And at that point, you were a little bit down on dating, right? Oh, yeah. You were kind of like giving up, like at a point where you're like, whatever. And yeah, I whatever was at the happens, point when... Men you know, suck. <laughs> exactly, because I, in the past, I've met, you know, boys, and, like, mm. I've used dating apps, and nothing really worked out. I wasn't sure why, and it's just, you know, San Francisco is such a city where, you know, everyone's just so busy, and mm. they don't have time to invest in relationships. Right. So that's sort of my conclusion, and I was like, I'm busy, too. <laughs> I'm just going to stay single and see what happens next. In your pajamas. <laughs> In my pajamas. Okay, like, I want to be comfortable while Yeah, I want to be comfortable. I, I wasn't dressed up, which I kind of regretted when I was in the door. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and Chris shows up because... In in person, he looks different from the pictures. Also, <laughs> also. <laughs> um, so you were pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, "This is." A, he shows up as a really like nice, genuine gentleman who looks like very fit. Okay, in like, her I words, I she said, "When he came to the door, I opened the door and said, this guy is hot.' Yeah, <laughs> this guy is hot in shorts. <laughs> yeah. And what did you think when she opened the door?" Chris. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I saw the pictures before and, and thought, this, yeah, she looks really nice and uh, like a happy person and uh, definitely good looking. So the first night we went to dinner together because I didn't have anything to do and I wanted to stay awake because of the time uh, yeah. time adjustment and. I think there's like a, a key oh yeah event. oh yeah of course oh, I forgot that no. <laughs> at the dinner yeah. <laughs> well actually before the dinner. So I drove Chris to Tenderloin <laughs> for dinner at my favorite Thai restaurant in there. So I parked my car there, and Chris actually went around the car and picked me up from the driver's seat. Mm. I was like, oh, this guy's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And then we started walking to the, to the restaurant, and then so um, a, like a, a, a weird guy approached us on the way, and um, Chris and that guy was approaching from my side, and Chris immediately ran over to that side to protect me. So mm. that I think that event was like the very <laughs> gentleman like yeah the gentleman like action that actually was like sort of set my expectations higher for this guy and I mean like I had really really good impression after that event Mm. is that when the sparks started to fly for you I I think so for me yeah 
Okay. And Chris, do you remember doing this or this is just Yeah, I remember natural? that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's of course it's a little bit natural because like I think it's just yeah, if if I'm with whoever like with a girl, woman or whatever and there's potentially someone approaching, I just it's 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 just natural for me to kind of I switch sides and I make sure that that uh, she's on the safe side and yeah. When did the attraction start for you? Um I mean, yeah, I was already like slightly attracted when I saw the Facebook pictures for the first time. And then when we, uh, yeah, when we started like talking more and like, I really liked her and um, that, that was pretty quick. Yeah. When did the kiss happen? That was actually, it was on the Wednesday then. I guess, yeah, it was on the Wednesday. So like four we, days later. Yeah, so we were, uh, yeah, so, no time. so we wanted to go, like there were all those parties happening around the conference and uh, so she was also thinking about going to one of the parties uh, with friends actually. And uh, yeah, so we so we made plans to, to meet up with my friends and with her and her friends and um, yeah, it turned out that her friends bailed out so it was only her. So we picked her up then we went to it was a pocket pocket gamers party yeah <laughs> and technically the the whole evening there I, I only spoke with her and there was a lot of wine involved and uh, so yeah so the actual kiss so like fast forward so we uh, so we then walked over to after the party was over we walked over uh, to the Marriott hotel like uh, because she said like oh yeah let's go to the Marriott there's a nice view up there and uh, we can have a last drink there and and then go home and so yeah we all went to the Marriott so we already were holding hands a oh. little bit already holding hands yeah mm. who yeah, initiated she... the hand holding I, I think know. it was Chris was it yeah on the way walking uh, but I think it was also party. pretty much needed because you were I was a little bit <laughs> <laughs> it was out of necessity out of so I don't know if you could have made the way on your own <laughs> <laughs> those parties sneak up on you <laughs> or she was just pretending yeah. oh, maybe yeah. maybe she was a smart one yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then it actually happened like in the Marriott Hotel, like with a nice view over San Francisco. How did you guys part ways? So we said, okay, this cannot be it. So we both kind of like thought, okay, we cannot just leave it like this. This is uh, this is this has to have like a uh, like a next episode. And so we um, we made plans to say, okay, let's let's meet up in New York. So I think it was was my idea, kind of right. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, let's meet up in New York, maybe in five six weeks or so. And um, yeah, what actually was also pretty funny. So uh, she had on her whiteboard to do's written down, <laughs> and yeah, I was alone in the loft, and I said, okay, I cannot just leave like this. And uh, so I put on her to do oh. list another to do: meet with Chris in New York. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So. And at any point in all of this, did you stop and think, this is batshit crazy? Yeah. We actually talk about it on a daily basis. <laughs> We're like, yeah. this is so crazy. It's not going to sustain. Yeah. And, um, but it ends up like we just ended up, even though we're thousands of miles away, we started calling each other whenever we had time. We're texting Since and calling that, a lot, yeah. and we were happy for FaceTime. So this is like was was really great. So we could still, even being so far away, could get to know each other better and like see each other kind of. That definitely helped. And I was kind of in a phase of my life where I was 
pretty open to anything, to pretty much anything. So if you would have met me a few years before, I would, wouldn't even have thought about like moving out of the city I was living in. But at that time, I was like open to anything. And I was already doing like things that I usually didn't, wouldn't do, like go to a random seminar and fly to London like just a week later or something. It was pretty much crazy, but, <laughs> but it felt all pretty, it felt, felt also right. So what happens in New York? Take us to New York. Yeah, New York was pretty much the um, the event we um, kind of mutually agreed to have our second official second date. <laughs> For <laughs> this world problem. So we were like, make it or break it. Let's go to New York and decide on whether or not we're going to be serious with each other. Because, you know, I see a lot of roadblocks about like especially the distance yeah. and um, there's no way it's gonna work out and I can't meet him every so often right so that was my concern back in the days and then so we met in New York and we're so happy to see each other this was like three months after no 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 it was, it was five was weeks months? it was oh, just oh, five weeks exactly <laughs> five weeks okay five weeks so we met in New York we hung out like in the city and we had like multiple days every day. I think just one night we were, we both had like some beer at the German brewery in Brooklyn and then we just, we, we started crying. Not we. So oh, that's, 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 that's <laughs> also a little bit Only Chris inaccurate. No, it's was, well, okay. I, I, I was crying. Yeah. yeah so she crying. was actually she had like a lot of doubts about like how we could make this work at all and i was giving her all, always multiple scenarios how we could make it work and say hey i can come over like for we have this visa free traveling mm, from germany you can i can like <laughs> i can i can stay for 90 days i'm a freelancer i can take some time off it's totally fine let me figure it out but at this time, at this night, she was just, everything was coming down on her. She was, she, she said, okay, I, I just cannot handle it. I don't know how we, how we make this work. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, yeah, it was, that was the first time that um, I told her that I love her. And that was wow. pretty much then also, I think, like key to say, okay, yeah, she felt the same. And uh, we both, this was yeah. in New York. She was crying and we went outside of the bar and... Yeah, I I opened up to that I or I, I mean it was kind of obvious that that we had like a good chemistry before, but this was the first time that I said it, and uh, she said it too, and uh, I think that was when we both strongly felt okay, mm-hmm. this is worth it, and we have to make it happen, and uh, she also gained a little bit more confidence about that we can make it happen, and that I was serious about wanting to make it happen, and yeah. Can I ask a question? So sure. what was it about the first meeting that made you like have this instantaneous feeling of loving someone like that quickly? I mean, I would say like the, the part here, it was already crazy and we, we kind of fell a little bit in love. But uh, I would say that it was just like a start. It was not so that, 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 we, that it was, okay, I, I met the partner for life so i think we both didn't have like this super extreme feeling right away here in san mm-hmm. francisco we both knew okay it's worth exploring mm-hmm. um so that that like really intense part happened then in new york so when mm-hmm. we really we 
when we saw each other, we were like super happy. And uh, I mean, we we had this time between San Francisco and uh, and then New York, also to get to know each other way way more over FaceTime calls and yeah. such. And I think that was like really we had multiple dates in between, but just virtual dates. So right. mm -hmm. and uh, so it was just pretty much condensed and like fast paced, but. Uh, yeah, but it was a development. It was not like, okay, first sight and we're going to marry the next day. I mean, okay, it became four months, so, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a combination of factors where you, Lee, you were in a state where you weren't that satisfied with your dating life, right? Mm -hmm. You weren't prepared. You weren't you didn't think you were going to meet someone. Mm -hmm. So when you least expect it. Chris, you were in a time in your life where you we're looking for a change. You were open to basically anything, right? Yeah. Kind of like taking that next step or taking a risk. So those two factors came together so perfectly. But I think what we're getting at too is I want to hear about kind of the external factors because there were some conflicts and some, you know, you know, some of your friends, some of your family were very suspicious of what was going on. Yeah, I actually got a lot of, almost everyone was against it. Because just from hearing it, this is not something that is solid at all. Because because they're like, oh, what if this guy is a scam? And mm -hmm. you met from Airbnb, this is really random. And you don't know his friends, his family, you don't know anything about him. It just, what if he's faking it? Right. So that's the, the, the only question that people started asking me about. They're like, this is wrong. I think I, I tell people that if you meet him, you probably think otherwise. Mm. Just because Chris is a really genuine person, and uh, I actually feel it just from you know conversating with him. I and I trusted him a lot when I met him. And Chris, what about your friends and family? What did they think? Easy. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, uh, my yeah, my friends and family they they know me. So I'm usually not not the guy that does some super crazy out of the ordinary things so and if i say like okay i met someone and i have like this and that plan then they trust me yeah. so they trust my judgment they trust that i know what i'm doing and also i'm also not that of a risk taker so um i i figured out it's not a risk at all so even like selling everything like clearing out my apartment and leaving everything behind and uh, condensing my belongings to three suitcases didn't seem like a risk to me it was like just actually something that felt really great uh, to get rid of a lot of stuff and such and I thought like okay what could happen so this feels right and if it doesn't work out I pack my three suitcases fly back and continue so you I didn't yeah I didn't have anything to lose, yeah, to lose because to lose. I could have started uh, again or continue to work as a freelancer I would have gotten a new new apartment new stuff it was, it was only things that I was giving away so it was all fine so I was in that kind of part uh, of my life where I just really didn't really care about things that much so and that right. definitely helped to make it like easier for me to make such a step and yeah and the conclusion of your New York trip, what do you guys talk about? We had like this initial plan of me just coming over as a tourist and we spend time and I do a little bit remote work and such. But 
I think I, you brought it up. I don't. I don't actually remember the exact part of the conversation, but you said like, oh, "Yeah, maybe you should get ma get married." So that was. It was like in the middle of a conversation, and it was not even saying, "Oh yeah, why not?" And I don't know. This was once this thought was in uh, our plan A for doing the tourist part became more and more plan B. <laughs> yeah. So and uh, getting married became more plan A. Yeah, because I feel like I'm more of the practical person. I'm like, how how is this gonna work? I try to seek for results. Like, how do I how do I get this work? It was definitely risky to unofficially propose to get married from the woman's side. <laughs> um, but I thought, yeah, why not? Since Chris is a software engineer, he belongs to Silicon Valley. Yeah, that's true. And it's it's probably going to be better if you find a job here and it's, it's going to be like a more sustainable solution for the both of us. But then why not? Then um, I, I thought the only thing that was that was that we needed to solve for was his status here in the U.S. Yeah. So I was like, OK, yeah, maybe I can I can tackle that. And <laughs> um, yeah, just ship him from Germany to here and we can talk about the rest later. Because because that's like one thing that that is blocking us to stay with each other for a long time. So then why not just remove that and then yeah. yeah. But, but this but this sounds like so practical now. So the thing is it sounded practical in the beginning, but actually for like for her in the process it became less practical because like <laughs> She, of course, getting married is, is like a big step. And she had like, uh, every, I think every girl has probably like dreams how she wants to have her marriage, her, her, her like wedding. wedding to be and mm -hmm. that she had that too. And the closer the day uh, came, the more was she a little bit like emotional <laughs> about, ah, I wanted to get married in Spain and I wanted to do this and this and that. And this is like, and I said, okay. So there's like a little bit romantic missing. And um, so I tried, so there was not much room to get romantic back in, mm -hmm. but there was a little bit room. So, and that's what I used then. Uh, so we knew already the dates and everything. And so I figured out, okay, I just uh, tell her I arrive on that date, but I actually planned on arriving earlier. I connected oh. with uh, her best friend. Oh. To plan, who also didn't met at that time, uh, so and <laughs> everything planned everything out and, and say, hey, can you help me? I, I have this idea. I want to arrive earlier and I want to like lure her to a random to like a nice place and uh, want to propose officially, even if we have done it kind of already yeah. on the phone. I want to have like the real thing and I want to have it a little bit more romantic, and that's what we did. So we lured her uh, to the Palace of Fine Arts. Aww. And uh, yeah, but actually, uh, I was waiting there already. Uh, I was on the phone 15 minutes before that, uh, giving her the impression I was like still in Germany. <laughs> and That's smart. when she was uh, arriving there, I, yeah, I was hiding behind a tree, and this, the photographer was distracting her. And uh, then she turned around, and I was there. Aww. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then, okay, so that happened in September of last year. Yes. And then recently you guys went on sort of like a honeymoon. Exactly yeah. one year yeah. later. Exactly one year. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, so our official wedding was exactly a year later. Yeah. Because, because we had to have Chris settled in in San Francisco and we didn't have time to inform everyone that we actually got married on the By the way, <laughs> you didn't know I had a boyfriend, now I have a husband. Yeah, yeah exactly.
But I think, so I want to talk about some takeaways with your story. One of them is, again, timing is huge. We see it with a lot of couples. And also just, you know, when you're not looking, they disappear at your doorstep and, you know, they come through any ways possible, through Airbnb, through some sort of stork that just delivers them. I mean, it's, I love hearing that Chris was in this mindset of being open to anything. I think that's like a great way for people to get to know themselves and just to explore what can change their lives, right? If you're at that place where you're like, I'm complacent where I am, I've been here for a while, I've been doing the same thing, get in that mindset of, hey, I'm going to go and do something crazy. And if it changes my life, it changes my life. I'm going to let it do that. I mean, the reality is this would never come to where it was if you weren't this open and Right. Forward with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah. The third takeaway I have is everyone's practical. Everyone's a little rational and they, they think about, but what if, but what if, but what if? I guess what I'm taking away from this is just do it. Then you'll know what happens, yeah. right? <laughs> right? If you never went to New York, you would have never known that you were in love with each other or falling in love with each other. If you never friended her on Facebook, you would have never known that this would be the love of your life. And now we have a question of the day. Julie? So this is coming from Jessica, and she says, I met my boyfriend six months ago, and then I had to relocate to Australia. Mm-hmm. We're having trouble kind of keeping everything going, being long distance. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any advice of how to maintain a relationship long distance? I think for uh, long distance, like I mentioned, I wasn't confident about it because of the distance and because you don't get to see this person quite often. So um, I think one thing that Chris did was actually really impressive was he actually follows through. Like from every channel, he could reach me every day. So he texts me whenever he gets a chance. He reports about like he tells me all the stories about his friends around him. He tells me everything happening. So I... I actually felt like I was actually living right by him. Mm. Um, I you were fully integrated into I his I was life. fully integrated. I know about his family. I know about his friends. I know about all of their names, even though I have never met any of them. So I, he actually was really, really good at following through. So I and you think. Skyped with his mom, right? Pretty early yeah, on. I yeah, I did Skype with his family. So he was open about, hey, this is my girlfriend. Meet my family, meet my friends, and their names are this and that. So I felt like part of it. So I think that was important. And you're going to have to do it every day. Mm-hmm. And um, that's going to keep it fresh and keep it going. Mm-hmm. So challenging was for sure like the, yeah, the time difference that we had. So the nine hours. But also that, I mean, I just, I adjusted my, we both, or mainly I adjusted like my, my, my schedule a little bit. And I woke up crazy early uh, or went, went to bed pretty late so sometimes both Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to just like maximize uh, our overlap that we had in time Mm -hmm. and it was like she just said so we kind of followed up with uh, each other and it was like okay you come come home and usually you come to your loved one and you say you hey how was your day and what you are doing and uh, so you we kind of try to integrate each other in our lives and and it was she was a even if I was away, she was a very big part of my daily life. And mm. I tried to arrange everything around that. And I think that's that's something that can definitely help uh, 
yeah, overcoming this obstacle of the long distance. So this is definitely nothing that can work for probably, I will, I will not say definitely not, but it's probably difficult to have those this over more, multiple years. Mm -hmm. But over a couple of months or a year, I think if you just stick to it and, uh, and, 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 and show your appreciation and like include your partner even if he is not physically there, mm -hmm. I think that can work. That can definitely... Um, yeah, make make it work and uh, keep it keep it last uh, while you are apart. So the two lessons we would have for anybody about to enter into a long distance relationship is one: you have to give it your best. If it fails, at least you can say, "I tried my very best," right? And that's fully integrating the other person into your daily life. And the second lesson um, we're hearing is you have to have a timeline. You need to know this is not sustainable forever. So when is that time? When is that deadline when you're going to move here or I'm going to move to wherever you are? So have those two pieces of advice in mind and you should be able to do just fine a long distance, right? Okay, well, I'm going to wrap this up. This is such a great story. Thank you guys so much for coming and telling the story. I haven't heard the entire story yet. I've only heard the beginning, so this is great to know. If you want to watch the episodes of me and Lee on the dating show, <laughs> I, I have those episodes, but I'm not going to post them anywhere. You just have to Never. email in, and I will send you a private link. You know, listeners at home, if you have a cool, interesting, shocking, interesting story of your own, uh, let us know. Contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on our show. We can protect your identity. We can uh, protect the identities of the people involved in your story. And on that note, stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to focus your energy on making something work versus focusing your attention on all the things that could go wrong. There are some things in this world that are worth fighting for, even when all the odds are stacked against you. These are also the moments that define who you are as a person and what you value the most in this world. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm -hmm.